listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here, and today we have a packed show for you. So uh, my co-host is Preston Newberry. Uh, Preston, how's it going? It's going great, Chris. I'm uh, looking forward to this one. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah, so we are talking to two of our clients. Uh, the first one is Patrick. He bought his first house hack about a year and a half ago. So we'll talk about that. He recently bought house hack number two. We also have Noel, who also just bought her first house hack a few weeks ago. So we're going to kind of go through and talk about um, their initial strategies, how things have changed from, hey, when they started thinking about real estate investing, to how things changed when they started walking properties. Now they have experience moving on the next properties, just how everything changes will be very interesting. You'll get to hear about them and their house hacks, and it should just be a great show. So Patrick and Noel, glad to have you guys. Thank you. Yeah, excited to be here. Woohoo! <laughs> and so for our House Act listeners, you guys were on, I think, uh, I know you were on a House Act Mastermind. I think uh-huh. it was sometime, I know sometime this year beyond that, I can't episode, <laughs> but you guys may sound through some people. So Patrick, let's start with you. So I think it was uh, like spring 2018 we first connected, right around then? Yeah, right around then. Yeah. So where were you? What was your plan then? Sure. So I had been saving up for a house. My idea was to house hack. Um, and I wanted to start my wealth building journey with a house hack. And what I'd been reading in books and online was that a small multifamily with an FHA loan was one of the best moves you could make as your your first house hack because you only have to put 3.5% down. Uh, and it was the the way to get into a multifamily early. And so that was my initial plan. And I came across you. I don't remember exactly how, but uh, I remember sending you an email. We met up uh, and sat down, went over the the spreadsheet with my numbers in it of, of what I was saving, what I had, what I was looking to do. You and... were prepared, which I really appreciate. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember that. Patrick had his stuff together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember immediately you were like, there are no small multifamily is in the Denver market right now. And uh, it was first your bubble. Oh, it was like, (laughs) if you imagine the balloon being completely full of like, I've got my down payment, I'm ready to go, let's do it. And then, uh, yeah, all the air just dropped out of the balloon at that point. But uh, to your credit, uh, and this is why I think it's so important to work with uh, house hack specialists and and investment um, real estate agent is you were instantly like, well, this doesn't, destroy your whole plan. Like there are other ways to still achieve these numbers and get what you want to get out of, out of this whole journey. And so uh, you mentioned a few different options of finding a single family home with an ADU or finding a, a single family home with a mother-in-law suite. And so those were options that I, I hadn't considered prior to that conversation. And so uh, we immediately turned around and started keeping an eye out on the MLS uh, for those types of properties. And it was shortly with after that, or soon after that, that uh, one popped up on the MLS. I, I think we only walked a couple of different properties. We only I mean, walked two. Yeah. Two. Yeah. Really yeah. crappy duplex in Inglewood. That's right. And then your house stack number one. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, we walked that one. And I remember at the time it was, it was so yeah, you soon after the conversation that, um, I wasn't even pre-approved yet. You were just like, we should, you know, if you see something pop up, like, let's just go walk it and we'll walk a number of them. You can get a feel for it. Uh, and then, and then but talk about the duplex we walked, because I mean, this was like, it was a lower price duplex, uh-huh. you know, I think, you know, 400,000 ish range or so back then. Yeah. But 
What was your experience when you walked in to give you that multifamily reality check? Absolutely. Yeah. So that was one of the only multifamilies in the market at the time. And we walked it. And first of all, it was in in poor shape. It needed a lot of work, a lot of money in there in that regard. Uh, and then it, the layout of it was also was e- equally awful. Yeah. Uh, it just did not have a, a good flow to it. You had to walk. I think on one side, you had to walk through two bedrooms as basically hallways. Um, to get from the front room yeah, to the kitchen. <laughs> uh, and yeah, just need a lot of work was not a good layout would not have been conducive to, to house hacking or, or renting long-term. I don't think without major work. And I mean, I think back then pressed, I mean, uh, that was about the, probably the lowest inventory of Maltese, but I call it like right then. I mean, things have gotten a little bit better. They've gotten a little bit like, better. Yeah. But that was but definitely kind of like right at like the low point, at least in yeah, and everything that was out there was just junk, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. sellers knew that they could take advantage of the market, and they were just putting whatever they wanted on the market and asking whatever they wanted for it, and cool, take it or leave it, you know? So so walk that, and that same day or a couple of days after that, you walked a, a ranch-style home with a mother-in-law suite in the basement, not too far from, from Belmar and Lakewood. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a short story, ended up putting the backup offer in there. We won that. Fortunately, you moved in there. Um, what's the layout, and what are the numbers like? Once you moved out. Sure. So the um, you mentioned it's a ranch style. So upstairs is a three-bedroom, two-bath. And then downstairs has a separate entry, and that is a two-bedroom, one-bath. Uh, separate laundry as well, which is great. Um, the numbers that I've been getting out of renting the downstairs have been fourteen seventy-five a month. Uh, and that includes utilities and internet. Um, and that covered... And that's a 2-1, right? That's a 2-1. Yeah. Yeah. And so that helped cover over half the mortgage while living there. And now that the top is soon to be rented out, um, we've got tenants who signed a lease recently, uh, that's going to go for $2,300 a month, including utilities. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be at 37 and change then, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. crazy. And so, I mean, soon after you you bought this, this property, um, I was actually clearing out my garage and had a bunch of tools and you were just moving in and doing a bunch of work. Hey, they got a bunch of stuff for us. So I'm going to drop them off. And that's where I think you and I first met Noel. It is, yeah. Like it was a Saturday morning or whatever it was. So I just went to drop it off and uh, Patrick was out of town and then you've got her at home just painting away. <laughs> I was trying to be cute. It was, you know, the first time we were still newly dating as well. So I was like, oh, he's out of town. I'm going to do some handy stuff because he's the handyman and those tools have come in handy. That's for sure. Good. I'm glad <laughs> they went Thank to you. good use. They were not getting used in my house. They have been used to say good. the least. Yeah. But I mean, that was, you know, we just met, we chatted for a few minutes and then, but you were, I think at that point, that's when you kind of started thinking about real estate investing yourself, right? If I recall, because that was, because kind of Patrick's, um, goals and experience kind of opened the, the doorway for you, right? Yeah, because originally I was planning just to buy a single family 3-1 or something like that, live in it for five to seven years, and then rent it out eventually after buying a home that was more of a permanent home. And after hearing the numbers on Patrick's place and then being able to experience that, you know, vicariously through him, uh, I was like, oh, wait a second, I might be able to do something like this too. <laughs> that could be some good profit. And so... Can we, because um, I know, you know, we, you know, we chatted, we looked at some properties, just kind of the whole, like, you know, that whole process helping kind of figure out your strategy, helping figure out your plan on all that stuff. But I know um, at some point after we closed on your first place, we, you know, we emailed back some spreadsheets or you guys emailed some spreadsheets with your goals on there. Can you 
recall what those were and kind of just talk about how your guys' plans have changed both as individuals and just like your long-term financial plans because you guys have done a very good job planning on it. And as with everyone, it just, it evolves. So I'd like to kind of talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Patrick's a pro at this, so. <laughs> yeah, so I think, you know, it's a it's an interesting situation uh, because we're we're dating and also looking at the future simultaneously. And so uh, we were looking at that and Noel was actually looking at purchasing a property before I got the first house hack. And so (laughs) (laughs) she, you know, she didn't want to let that go. Um, and so we, we kind of sat down and we're like, okay, so what does it look like for each of us to do our, our own respective house hacks as, as individuals, um, with the ultimate goal of one day, these will be combined assets. And so, um, you know, we, I know that we went through a number of iterations on just like what that could look like. Um, and I think ultimately we, we, we shot for high numbers right off the bat. Um, and I think both of us looked at that and we're like, Oh, that's going to take a while to get there. Do you there. recall what those numbers were? I think we were going by house was the issue. We were saying, okay, what can we make per house versus saying, what is our ultimate goal? And we finally got to the place of saying, our ultimate goal is $20,000 a month. Mm -hmm. If we can be bringing in $20,000 a month after all of our properties are paid off, like that is all we need to live off of. That's all we need to build a family. Um, And so that's kind of where we're at now. But before it was, okay, well, if we pay $350 for a 3-2 and we can cash flow $600 and then the next place is that, I mean, we had a spreadsheet of... 10 to 20 I, different I scenarios. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it just, the numbers weren't adding up. They, they didn't. And it, to Patrick's point, it seemed like it was going to take 20 years to get there versus 10 years. And so that's where we're at the place now too, of taking that strategy of still wanting to house hack, but how many house hacks do we need before we can start paying them off to start getting some of that cash flow to get us to that $20,000 goal? Yeah. For- Cause the, the more we looked at it, it was like, okay, we can, increase the number of properties that we acquire over the long term and spend a lot of time basically acquiring those yeah. mm-hmm. um, and using leverage to do that. Or we can acquire a lower number of properties and then just turn to trying to pay them down faster and have more cash flow sooner. Um, and so just looking at the the amount of effort and leverage required to uh, you know go both of those routes, um, we've, we've settled on like fewer properties and then turning to paying them down simultaneously do the house hack thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Now. Okay. So I want to kind of, cause it's been a while since we've talked your long-term goals. I'm actually kind of curious if you guys can fill me in and also our listeners, you had mentioned 20,000. Is that, is that the target now? 20,000 a month? That is the current target. Yes. All right. I okay. like it. And so what's that look like from the high level as far as just you guys, you know, doing some house acts and nomads with, and then transitioning to doing some like rentals, like what's the just current loose strategy? Sure. So loosely speaking, I mean, given where we are right now, uh, so I just closed on uh, my second house hack. Noelle just closed on her first house hack. So we'll do our respective house hacks. um, And then that collectively long-term puts us at three uh, properties. And then we're thinking then if we can do two or three more acquisitions, um, then that would get us to about five or six properties. The average property uh, rents for $2,500 a property. That puts us in that fifteen dollars to $20,000 range of, of monthly income, assuming they're, they're paid off. Mm-hmm. Um, so and so... Pretty close. Yeah, or yeah. Or a significant way there. Yes, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, moving forward... 
Um, I think we'll just assess what the market's doing. Uh, a, a burr sounds great if the market turns. Yeah. If not, we could look at another house hack. Um, or if we are done with the house hacks, we could look at potentially doing like a 20% down on a condo, something a little bit less expensive. Mm-hmm. So I think moving forward, we're, we're a little bit more flexible in, in how we acquire those additional properties long-term, but, um, effectively just trying to get to that 15 to $20,000 mark when they're all paid off. And that will obviously increase with inflation and oh yeah, market and, and at that depression. point you're gonna have some pretty good equity too, especially in the beginning properties. So you'll have some flexibility and some options to to use some of that to do something else as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've toyed around with the idea of eventually maybe doing a flip in order just to be able to sell something and have that money to put down and start paying off those properties. Uh, but that takes a little bit of time, and I'm a control freak, and I want to project manage that process. So we need to get to a point where we can have at least one person financially independent to have the time to do that. Well, we'll keep this in mind too, because this is, I, I think, you know, for where you guys bought, which is you know west side of town, uh, and just in general, we buy a lot of house hacks over there because it's that good balance of you know quality of life and price to rent ratio. Is that some of your house hacks will turn into great flips five or seven years down the road? We call it like the delayed flip. Like one of the places you buy now or your next house that cool, it's in good enough shape now. Then in five years, that area really pops. Hey, move out or move your tenants out. Go spend 20 grand where that sweet spot is invested, then sell it. And you can really take get, get some good equity and then go out there and leverage it into, you know, a fourplex or a small apartment building or something. Yeah. 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 So I find that in the current market, that's a much more manageable process and a little bit blah. And more realistic. Term. Yeah. yeah. That's true. Yeah. So keep that in the back of your mind as you're planning stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about this. So, Noel, let's start with you. Since we had Patrick's story of his first house tech, let's kind of dive into your journey of, you know, of, uh, you know, because you you were focused on multifamilies at first. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about that and then how you uh, got to the place you're at now, which kind of start diving the numbers. Yeah. So after talking with Patrick, and it took me a while to get over my, I want my dream home. <laughs> Preston knows this. He oh, had yes. to see more properties with me <laughs> than with Patrick. <laughs> I had a harder Let's time figuring out. <laughs> How many properties do you want to see today? I am I am curious on uh, Preston's take on viewing houses with each of us, respectively. <laughs> but that could be another conversation. Patrick's a little more low-key. It just, it took me a while because... Again, I had originally set out to buy a single-family home, have it for five to seven years. I wanted it to be my cute place that I was going yeah. to, you know, doll up and, you know, maybe have a first kid in there and then eventually move out. Um, but after talking to Patrick, we got to the place where we said, well, we can only use an FHA loan once. And so we might as well use it on a higher um, valued property, such as a duplex, uh, that we might get a little bit more return on. And so we did look at some single family homes with ADUs. A lot of them were not in great shape. And <laughs> the, um, you know, foresight in me was like, oh, but it could be a great project. I'm like, I don't need a project. <laughs> Realize that because they end up being Patrick's projects, not my projects. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so we saw a couple and honestly, a few of the ones, you know, put in, tried to put in an offer on one and the guy was like, you're not going to get this with an FHA loan. And we started so, so seeing that. that. So, so what were, these were duplexes, right? But, yeah. Yeah. So what would like, what was location, the condition, you know, both so that way people can get yeah. that, that, that nuance understanding. Cause they hear me say, but Hey, from, from your point of view, where you're walking through, like go into details on there, please. Yeah. So we saw one in Wheat Ridge, which Wheat Ridge as a location is right up my alley. Love it. But we this duplex. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Preston knows. He was like, oh, yeah, I've got, you know, friends who yeah. actually made this whole street. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they own the block. I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the Wheat Ridge duplex was in rough shape, really rough shape. 
um, one of the units would have had to be completely torn down. I think there was too much damage probably behind the walls just in sense and things like that as well that would have had to be taken care of, but it had so much potential to it. Um, but it was still, I want to say it was 550 was the yeah, asking. Yeah, it was just, just under 600. Yeah, yeah, but it was a true duplex, uh, unfinished basement um, on, on 0.3 acres yeah. or something like that. It was a huge lot. But it just didn't fall through. And then we saw one in Arvada, which was a much smaller lot. Uh, I think the asking price was around four ninety nine or five hundred yeah, as I well. Think it was around five hundred, yep. But it was two. It was a two two, I think. It with the bedrooms were downstairs, yeah, was, the living was upstairs. Yep. Uh, great property as well. But it went. I mean, I think we pulled up and it had gone pending. The we were literally. I was before. sitting in the driveway waiting for you guys to get there, and it went pending as we were sitting there. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for this duplex, Preston, do you think would this have passed an FHA health and safety appraisal? I think it would have. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, it would have been right on the border, but it would have it would have been good. But it sounded like it went out to a uh, non FHA. Yeah, buyer. it went to a non FHA buyer. Yeah. Um, which you know that's kind of one of the interesting things about you know the stigma behind FHA loans is. Everyone thinks, oh, you're putting less money down, like you're not as well a qualified buyer, or there's got to be something wrong, you don't have the money, whatever. Um, and that's just not the case. You know, a lot of people use them just for the sake of the leverage side of things, right? I mean, um, whether you're a first time home buyer or whatever, like FHA can be a really great program, especially to get into some of the multifamily stuff. But every, you know, sellers and, and other agents get it in their head that, hey, if you're coming with an FHA loan, you might not be as well a qualified buyer, or, you know, we're going to take conventional, maybe there's some inspection things or something like that. So, it's a little bit difficult in our market right now because it's so competitive to, you know, go out shopping with FHA yep. stuff. Yeah, there's a stigma to it yep. or against it. Yeah. So then, you know, we saw a couple more places, but we got to the point where we saw the place that I am currently own. I own it. I almost said that I'm closing on, but I own it. Yeah, the keys um, are actually just, yours. <laughs> the keys are mine. The furniture's in. <laughs> that was just, what, two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. Yeah, November 10th. Yep. Um, and, you know, Preston had said, but hey, listen, they're not, like, just point blank, they're not accepting FHA loans. I was like, gosh, I feel like we've run into this issue a few times now in a few houses where, you know, either the it's a cash buyer or they're saying, hey, we're going to go with someone who's not FHA over you. So it's like, that's okay, Preston. You know what? I'm ready for a house hack. Like, obviously, FHA, well, you know, competitive market about is this rough. one, the reason these guys weren't accepting an FHA is because there is a minimum holding period for FHA stuff. So they had just flipped this property. And so you have to have, you know, the property um, for a certain amount of time before FHA will, you know, loan on it again. So, you know, again, there's always a li few little things that are kind of tricky with the FHA stuff. But, you know, it worked out in our favor. We were able to get it with the conventional side of things. So, yeah. Which was great. Had the cash, like you said, had the cash in the bank, just trying to utilize the yeah. FHA where I could because it's less money and then you have more money for other things. So let's talk about this property. Give us the, mm -hmm. just the layout, basic location. Yeah, it's in Admar Park, which is just west of 25 from Baker. It's 10 minutes from South Broadway, 10 minutes from Sloan's, 10 minutes from downtown. Uh, it's really close to six, so you have mountain access as well. It is a single story uh, home, recently updated. It's beautiful on the inside. It's one of the better did flips a really good job. that yeah. I've seen for sure. It is a four bedroom, 2.75 bath technically, but we'll call it three bathrooms. Um, and all of the bedrooms kind of are around the exterior. Uh, you have the kitchen and the living room and dining area that's very open. And then it has a detached two car garage and it's fully fenced front yard, backyard. So good for pets, which everyone in Colorado And it's on a loves. big corner lot, which is awesome. So you have one neighbor. Yep. <laughs> yep. You've got an alley, a street, and one neighbor, which is perfect. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's perfect for roommate setup, which is something that we don't have in the portfolio and something that is better for me. 
um, especially once I ran the numbers and found Why out. Why is it better for you? What do you mean? Well, for me personally, living there as my house hack mm-hmm. and then being able to have maybe no mortgage so that Patrick and I collectively can like, I can chip in and buy food if he's covering a mortgage since we can't actually yeah. be together. Um, love you one day. <laughs> it's my little escape place. Um, so it allows me to live rent free. Yeah. Uh, because I can have three roommates and at the price I'm able to charge for those rooms because they are updated and I'm including utilities uh, and internet as well. Um, I'm actually cash flowing almost 200 after expenses. Well, let's go on those numbers. Can we? Yeah. Because this is always interesting. Um, actually, for that, I mean, standard, anything on the inspection side. So I know there was some. Yeah, there's some stories to this. There, there's some stories to this one. Here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, ultimately, at the end of the day, there was uh, a little bit of a sewer line issue, um, but we were able to negotiate that and get the seller to take care of that for us, which was really awesome. Um, you know, obviously they were in a position they just flipped the property, they'd spent a bunch of money on it. You know, in our market, you know, they kind of ran into some overages and things like that, so they kind of had a bottom line that they needed to get to. But we were able to work through it. Other than that, everything else in the house was great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was really right. the only issue. And the difficult thing was this sewer line runs under the detached garage all the way out to the alley. So it's not as simple as like just excavating the yard and putting a new sewer pipe in. So that's kind of where things got a little bit tricky, but we were able to get it get it taken care of. Thanks, Preston. That's what we <laughs> He's do. He's a man. <laughs> yes, he, he is great at negotiating. Um, all right. So we got this plugged into uh, Joe Massey's spreadsheet that everyone's familiar with. 5% down conventional. Yep. And you opted to prepay PMI, right? No. Or is that? Okay, we got that wrong on there then. Okay, so you did not prepay it. So your purchase price was in the high fours, around 480. Um, get your industry around 2.5%. Mm-hmm. 2.5 is awesome. Yeah, which is, did you buy that interest rate down or? Nope. Wow. Yeah. Good credit. <laughs> hey. I mean, that, and that's and that's the thing right now that makes the market, like, while it's hard to get properties on contract, the fact that you can, I mean, that is below historical inflation. Like, that's the beauty of it. Like, over 30 years, you just, you win. Yeah. Like, you win the long game by just being in the market. All right, so talk to the rinse here, because this is for while you live there or after you move out? Uh, so that's after I move out. So um, I have the larger room being rented out at 950 and then two of the other rooms at 900. Um, I'm so more- right now, you're about 2750 in total rinse. While you're while living you're there. there, while I'm living there, okay, correct. And what are your what are your expenses? Like, what um, does that include? Really, it's utilities, which I'm estimating at two fifty, three hundred a month, and then I'm going to have someone mow the lawn because I'm lazy and I don't do work like Patrick does. <laughs> <laughs> so does that mean Patrick mows the lawn? No, no, no. I'm going to hire someone. He's got enough on his plate. <laughs> um, so honestly, my expenses are probably we're looking at four fifty a month. Okay. We'll, we'll guesstimate. Um, I'm putting a little bit of money into the roof right off the bat just to make sure that it's safe uh, for the tenants. And then we're going to put in some hand railing and stuff like that. But otherwise... So a few thousand dollars in some initial repair costs? A couple thousand. Yeah. yeah. And so for utilities, so I mean, your taxes are just over 2000 mm-hmm. um, Your insurance around $1,500. Um, you know, you're paying for water, sewer, trash, Excel... Are you providing Wi-Fi? Like, what are like, like, what are all the utilities that you're paying for? Yep. So I'm paying electric, gas, and uh, Wi-Fi. So actually, and I should have told you guys this. My bad. I didn't realize that Denver actually yep, includes trash. Denver, includes yep. trash. Yeah. yeah. Which I didn't realize until That's like literally yesterday. Actually. Yeah. I was like, uh, hey, what is the deal with trash? And they're like, oh, it's included. I'm like, perfect. Make sure you call Denver to get your trash cans. I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So we're looking at electric, gas, water, sewer, and Wi-Fi as the expenses I'll pay on a monthly basis. Okay. And we got the basic, you know, 8% reserves in here and doing all that. So why are living there? What are you projecting? 
You're going to live for rent-free? Are you going to pay a few dollars? What are you projecting overall? I'm projecting cash flow of $100 a month in my pocket while I'm mortgage. After mortgage and expenses. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so 100 bucks back to me uh, while I'm living there, hopefully. So that is really good. But as you say, houses break. So we'll see what happens there. I mean, if you're $100 a month, I would just call that break even. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because it's going to be a few bucks here, a few bucks there for stuff. But I mean, that's, you know, $100 is going to make a difference regardless. Yeah. But overall, when you move out, though... I mean, your your move, ah, your room will rent out for what nine hundred dollars a month. Yep. Okay, so it'll be cash flowing close to thousand dollars a month then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which will be awesome. That's great. Solid. For yeah, a first for house hack, that feels really good. No, that's that's a that's a win. Yeah. Like that's like it is that's a, a big win. win. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's a property that we don't have to think about like redoing a kitchen down the line. Like I feel like that neighborhood too, and that was part of the appeal, is on the up and up. Um, you know, it's not a Wheat Ridge or an Edgewater where the prices are already insane and you're not even getting an updated property. I mean, I walked into a property that was done, ready to move in, will only go up from there. I mean, Basically set it and forget it, right? Yeah, yeah. hopefully. <laughs> Knock on wood. <laughs> so let me ask you one question, though, since this is, you know, you just closed on this about two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So what was the, the biggest learning experience through here that you'll remember for your next house hack and that, you know, future house hackers should keep in mind as well? Oh my God, that's a good We're putting you on the spot. I know. (laughs) These are the things I had not prepared for. Um, What do you think? What were the things that I I was complaining about? You're going to use Lifeline? Yeah, I'm using Lifeline. I'm using Patrick. I I think the biggest thing for you just in in talking with you throughout this process was the, the, the hurdle of getting over your first house being like the big house that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, but this property kind of was that. So I feel like, you know, I got my dream without <laughs> having to pay for it. No, and I'll say I think having a little trust in the process probably as well, because there were a lot of stages that, I mean, Preston can probably attest to that. I was like, what's happening? And it's like, just be patient. Know that the team <laughs> you're working with are pros. They've got it under control. And also, like, stand by what you want, because the sewer line was something that was big for me and something that is expensive. And I didn't have the cash knowing some of the other things that I was going to want to do um, to pay for that up front and, like, stood by it and knew that the team working with me would help me get that done. So I think that was a big learning experience. But I feel a little guilty because like Patrick's first property, my first property, Preston was like, oh yeah, we got this. We can close it. Let's go. So (laughs) I was a little spoiled in that regard. (laughs) And I would say too, I think that was one of the big things that I saw throughout the process was just seeing Noel trust us and trust what we were going to do and not getting focused on the little things and kind of just seeing like, hey, let's look at the big picture. What is, is this going to matter in two years? Is this going to matter in five years? Like, what are we really looking at? Like, the sooner you get in, the sooner you make something happen, it's going to be better for you in the long run. And I think that was a big, big learning curve for her. Yeah. All right. So Patrick, so you actually closed on your second house hack just a couple weeks before Noel's, right? Just like three, three weeks, weeks was it? Yeah, it was yeah. just about a week before. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So... What were you looking for? I mean, this was house act number two. So going through that first purchase is always, you know, that's probably the biggest learning experience. Now you're going to house act two. What, you know, what were your plans? What were your thoughts? What were you looking for? Yeah. So I was looking for something similar. You know, I I was open to another mother-in-law suite because that worked out really well. Um, However, the idea of not being on top of tenants while living in the property was also very appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ADU component was something that I was a little bit more focused on. And 
similar to multifamilies, I mean, there, there are more multifamilies in the market right now than there were, but they're still challenging to get. Um, ADU, the ADU houses are, are similar where they're just a little bit harder to find. And so I was just keeping an eye out on the market and this one happened to go under contract at, before we were able to see it in person. I was like, ah, well, that one looked like a good one, but yep. oh well. <laughs> And then it came Something back we on the market. A lot these days, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but then it came back on the market, and so instantly shot Preston. Uh, uh, Tax was like, "Hey, it's back on the market. Like, can we see it?" And so we got there, and the setup is great. I mean, it's it's on 0.3 acres in Lakewood, hmm. and so um, you know, I I love the west side of Denver because I think in a lot of ways, similar to San Francisco or Manhattan or Seattle there's a land constraint. Like you've got the city and then you've got the mountains. The mountains are a big draw for people and there's only so much land in between point A and point B. And so having a slightly larger lot, I think long-term will will be great. Um, but more importantly than that, the, the ADU was set up perfectly on the property. Um, <clears throat> it had its separate address already. It's not separately metered, but there's potential for that down the road if that's something that uh, I choose to do. And it's already zoned um, to allow for a multifamily, um, if down the road wanted to scrape it and rebuild like a larger duplex or something like that. So, give so you some long-term options. There are a lot of flexibility long term and a lot of of opportunity. Um, so it, it could either sit as is, untouched, uh, and and rent and cash flow just fine, or have all those options to play with down the road. Um, and I remember the the one thing that I didn't like about it that I was kind of on the fence about is I'm a taller person <laughs> and the house was built in the 1940s. So it's a much smaller house. The main house is just under 800 square feet and the ceilings are probably like six foot five, six foot four inches How in some areas. <laughs> I'm six foot three. So there are a couple load bearing beams. On. Yeah. There are a couple yeah. load bearing beams where I need to, to do a little duck every now and then. Uh, but other than that, it was it was recently flipped, um, and they did a pretty good job on it. So it was mostly moving ready. Um, the the landscaping was the, the biggest thing. There's a dead tree next to it that needs to go, and fence and stuff like that. But um, living is is perfectly fine. And what's your plan for while you're living there? Like where you know which unit you're living in, and what are you doing with the other one? Sure. So I'm living in the the main house, which is a two bedroom, one bath house. Um, about 800 square feet, and then renting out the ADU. Um, and so this is the first uh, experiment really with Airbnb. Um, and in Lakewood, they haven't approved the short-term rental situation yet. Uh, so you have to go with long-term, which is 30 days plus. And so uh, I just threw it up on Airbnb as a 30-plus day tiny home rental. Uh, and within days of listing it, it it rented for eighteen hundred dollars for thirty two days. Um, so was that far beyond what you expected? Far yeah. beyond what, what I. What were your expectations? So, so I ran the numbers with getting twelve hundred dollars a month for the ADU because that's what the seller said that he was renting it for, and then and that was before he updated it too. So yeah, 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 and then um, I think like fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars for the the main house, and after being there now, seeing that the that the ADU brought on $1,800 for 32 days, two weeks after moving in, mm -hmm. and then um, have a lease lined up with a couple for the three months after 
this eight, this uh, Airbnb person leaves, which will go through March for $1,400 a month. I'm feeling confident that the low end for the ADU will be $1,400, which is great. Yeah, I mean, those are great numbers. That's great, yeah. yeah. All right, so, and something we had joked about on the House Hacking Mastermind was that uh, possibly kind of gearing it towards... Uh, other house hackers that are moving here from California and New York. Yes. It's like, hey, you need a place to crash for a month or two while you find your house hack out here. Yep. Come, come. So house hackers, basically. Yeah. Uh, the idea is house. Yeah, well, some really great name for it. I can't recall off the top of my head, but you had the, something we, we should have trademarked, I felt like. I think Patrick already got the uh, URL for it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Did you really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, <laughs> I picked it up. Awesome. <laughs> you are the man. What is that URL? So promote, that promote away. That I don't have the website set up yet. I don't care. Promote away. The, the, <laughs> so the URL that everyone should eventually visit is househackcamp.com. Househackcamp.com. Yeah, and the idea is that we have a proposal for you later. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, uh, oh, I love it. Yeah, so I have an education background, uh, and so curriculum design is something in my wheelhouse. And so I've I've been thinking about putting together basically like a house hacking curriculum uh, that would be either like anywhere between a month and three months, um, and give people the opportunity to come stay in the ADU and then bake in like an education into the monthly rental fee. And this is where too, like you've got all those, the hot coals across too. They, they walk across hot coals and, and yeah. Overcome self-limiting beliefs. Yes. Yeah. Camp fears, right? yeah. 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 So it's going to be a real experiential. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a slack line set up. <laughs> <laughs> no. So seriously talk about, that, I'm very curious about, cause I mean, so right now I know that URL is not set up. Could you just like forward that to your Airbnb listing? So people could see it totally because I've already mentioned to a few like house hackers, you, got, you know, a couple people from like you know California or a lot of time doing. I'm like, hey, this random idea here for you. Yeah, hundred um, percent. So do that that way. At least I send it out because I think it's like a really cool idea and could you know be a, just a great win win. Absolutely, yeah. And I think it would be really helpful, especially having gone through two house hacks now. Um, if someone is looking to get into it and you need just like a short term landing pad. Because you know you're in the market, you're looking for stuff. Um, you don't want to go sign a long-term lease for an exactly or something like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So to have something fully furnished that you can crash in for a few months as you search, and then simultaneously have you know like a little bit of an education um, built into that, I think would be really helpful. Because there are a lot of things as you go through the process, especially your first time, that you don't necessarily think about that pop up that you want to talk to somebody about, you want to go through, you want to consider options. Like there's just a lot of. Uh, back and forth, I feel like, in the, in the process. So um, to have some extra guidance throughout that would be would be helpful. And especially if you're moving from out of state, just to have some extra time to get your feet here, figure out what the market's like, figure out what areas of the, the area you like, et cetera, um, I think yeah. would be really helpful. And I think between the two of us, we now have a very versatile, uh, different portfolio of properties. And we've both been through different things mm -hmm. in that process and learned different things in that process. Like I said, like trusting the process and understanding that. So I feel like we have really good experience and value to bring to the table for people who maybe they're more uncertain like I was. Maybe they're totally certain like Patrick is, but haven't thought about strategies outside of, you know, what they've got their mindset on. So hopefully we can... Cool, I've got a house now, what, you know? Yeah. 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 So hopefully we can open their, their minds and uh, hearts to a few other other options and different things. And yeah. Yeah. Well, we may have to do a future podcast on this curriculum because I mean, you, you yeah. have a good background in education and like the online tech space. So that mm -hmm. could, uh, I'm really curious to hear what you have to say. Totally. But dude, I love that you bought the URL. Yeah. Man. <laughs> go bigger, go home. <laughs> um, all right. So, oh, when you move out of this place, what, what, okay, actually for both you guys, you just bought this, we'll just say November for, you know, for uh, easy math. So 
you know, you can't move out until November 2021, really, yeah. for the next place unless there's a, you know, a, a life change. Mm-hmm. What are the next, like, medium-term action plans, you guys, for building your portfolio? I think just continue to ensure that all of our respective tenants are happy so that they stay. <laughs> we have that cash flow coming in. Um, and then just being diligent about saving. I think that's one of the the biggest or the most powerful things about house hacking is that if you if you do it right and you're you remain diligent about your lifestyle and the amount that you're saving, you see your savings account really start to to increase. And so continuing to do that and replenishing the the down payment fund, mm-hmm. I think is is really the next year, basically. Um, mm-hmm. so that when that next year marker run, comes around, um, we're prepared to make next steps. And by then we might be buying together. We'll see. <laughs> so let's talk about this though, because I mean, you, you were renting a place room by room. I forgot to ask you, look at my mm-hmm. notes here. Like you and Benji has got your first roommate moving in like a week. How's been your experience with this renting things out room by room? Um, it's actually been really great. So Facebook is an amazing tool which I am so grateful for some of the subgroups that we have for all the various Denver subletting and roommate, uh, you know, groups that are out there. You see at least 10 to 20 people a day posting between the probably five sites that I'm on or five subgroups that I'm on. So it was really easy because I just posted pictures of the place, a little bit about me, what I was looking for, um, kind of what I wanted in roommates as well. And immediately had a bunch of people reach out. I did have to do a little bit of reach out on my own, but I kind of enjoyed that process. It was interesting seeing other people post, you know, and if it was someone who was a young professional, preferably a female, because I'd like to live with other females, I was able to ping them and say, hey, like I've got a really updated place. It's not necessarily because everyone wants to live in Wash Park, Low High or Lodo. Like, hey, this is within 10 minutes of everything. And it's updated and it's less than 1200, which is what some of their budgets were. Um, So yeah, it was quick though. I think I had tenants lined up within two days of closing. Like all for all three? For all three rounds. Yeah. Um, I think a key aspect here, like you said, like, you know, you you posted, but you also kind of shifted from marketing, which is posting things to being, you know, outreaching and just more of that sales. Mm -hmm. And you had to do both. And that's how you you fill the vacancies very quick. Yeah. And I had at least four people on a, not a wait list. I was considering it my wait list, but they're like, if anyone falls through, please let me know. So I was like, okay. Got that cushion. We're good. (laughs) All right. But yeah, so it was great. And people have already paid security deposits, even if they're not moving in until mid-December. So it feels good having that blanket. And we have certainty. Yeah. And this is especially, I mean, right around, I mean, election year, COVID, going to Thanksgiving, this is not the ideal time to be renting, but hey, you're making that happen. Yeah. COVID makes me a little bit nervous in terms of having roommates and not knowing what they're out and doing. But (laughs) well, uh, luckily I have a backup if I need to (laughs) go somewhere else. Well, that's, there you that's go. reality right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So I know we're going to wrap up in a few minutes to uh, get on with appointments and, you know, our, our respective Fridays. Any final thoughts or things you want to mention before we wrap up? No, I would just say, uh, <laughs> and by no, I mean, yes, uh, which is if you're getting into your first house hack, I highly recommend working with Chris and Preston. Um, and, and their entire team. And this was not at all solicited by Chris or Preston, but having done two transactions with them now, uh, and seeing Noelle go recently through her first transaction with them, it, it makes all the difference to go to work with a team in this process who knows the landscape, who knows the environment, who knows what to do, what not to do, et cetera. Um, 
And so I cannot recommend them enough. Uh, definitely, definitely work with them if you're if you're looking at a house hack in the the Denver area. Well, thank you. We appreciate thank you very much. Yeah, of course. A lot. Really fun working with you guys. I second that statement. We've you know especially. We didn't talk about it. We talk about it in the masterminds with the loan situation, everything like that. Um, I think we realize the importance of working with pros who understand the space and also people who are not just after a sale, like people who mm-hmm. are going to walk into a property, which Preston has done many times to say, no, this is not right for you based on what you want. Um, and I think that's hugely important. And I would say that the second thing is really look at your strategy and understand what you want. Because I feel like we've had friends or people ask us and they're kind of willy-nilly about what they want and where they're at. And then they go and buy something. We're like, this does not match with what you've been telling me. You said you wanted to do. (laughs) Exactly. So like really run the numbers and and understand like what your ultimate goals are and then try and find short-term goals that ladder up to those long-term goals and, and take the time to spend planning those things. Even if it means that you're not acquiring a property in the next week, spend that week really thinking through it because even though our strategy has changed multiple times, each time it does, it's laddering up to what our long-term goals are. And I feel like we're closer now than we thought we would be a year ago, which is great. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'll put your uh, contact details on the website, whatever you guys want to be contacted by, and definitely the House Hack Boot Camp or House Hack Camp. Yeah. Did you buy househackbootcamp.com as well? I'm going to right after this. You should probably this. do that too. <laughs> 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 FYI. Uh, Hold on a minute. <laughs> Stand by. <laughs> um, so we'll do that. But like, you know, one of the things like about this podcast is it's a really great way to network. Like, who do you guys want to connect with? Who do you guys want to talk with? Like, what's, what can you use this to connect with people for your own fulfillment, all this stuff? Like, why should people reach out to you? What can you guys talk to people with about well, I know for me, I was very skeptical getting into this process. And I think part of that is because I was of the generation of spend money on rent and don't save anything. And I didn't think it was mm-hmm. possible to save enough money without family help to be able to buy a property. And after being able to go through Patrick's first experience, I realized, oh, wait, no, I don't need a loan for my family. I can absolutely do this on my own. So I think for people who are having those same feelings and they're kind of like, I don't even know how I'd get into this because I feel like where I'm at today doesn't allow me to get to that place, definitely let us know because I can speak from experience um, in that hesitancy and then getting over that and now, you know, cash flowing on it. Well, breaking even on a first house hack property. Um, So yeah, if there's anyone out there, that's probably where I can help provide the most value. (laughs) Wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah. And then I I think uh, in addition to that, um, when I first got into the idea of, of house hacking and, and uh, investing and whatnot, it really came from the concept of, of wanting to build wealth. And I think from my personal experience, as well as just seeing other forum conversations online and, and discussions in person, things like that, um, a lot of times people just jump into like, I want to make a ton of money to make a ton of money, right? Like mm-hmm. if I have a lot of money, then I, I can have this amazing life, but there's no, there's no like why behind it. There's no, um, not, there's no, roadmap. not always. Yeah. There's no, there's no roadmap. And then there's, there's not necessarily like a why in terms of, okay, well, so what's the end game? Like when you have all of that, then what? Um, and I, I think it's just that's not a regular part of the wealth building conversation. And that's something that I've personally been, you know, a lot more focused on, especially the past year and a half, two years since getting into house hacking, because it's like, yes, I want to build financial wealth, but I also want to live life while I'm here. Cause if I die tomorrow, it doesn't matter how much I have in the bank. Right. Yep. Um, and Noel and I, I mentioned this on the house hack uh, mastermind, like, 
we like to work hard, but then we love to play hard. And so if investing means that we can't go out to the mountains on the weekends and camp, backpack, ski, whatever, then like, is it really worth it? Um, and my answer to that is no. Um, however, long-term, I do see the value in building financial wealth. And so, uh, I've personally just really been like figuring out where that balance is. Yeah. Like, how do we live every single day fully and, and feel like we're living a good life while still being financially responsible and saving diligently and building long-term wealth, um, so that we're not delaying all of our gratification for 10, 20, 30 years for a day that may honestly never come. So um, if anybody is also looking for those types of conversations and figuring out what their unique line is, uh, more than happy to, to talk about that. Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned on the house hack mastermind, I've started a website recently, yes. uh, examinedwealth.com. I'll plug that, uh, where I am just looking to elaborate on my, my personal journey. Is this more just like documenting your your journey as you figure this out? Like what, what, yeah. what's on the website? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So it's still, it's still, uh, very new, but um, primarily just giving an overview of, of what my journey has been, things I've learned along the way, uh, how I, I assess kind of like, okay, th- this balance of personal wealth versus financial wealth. Um, so, yeah. So, as we wrap up on here, I'm uh, glad you kind of brought that up. So, I think I've, at least Patrick, if you're giving you guys a copy of like one of the, like the, the annual guides to Denver real estate investing. Mm-hmm. So you've read one of those, right? Yeah. Have you, Noel? I have not. Sorry. Okay. No, that's fine. I'm not. That's why I'm, I'm bringing up. And <laughs> yeah. plus, plus, we're starting to promote the 20, 2021 guide to get people to write their chapters. If you guys want to write a chapter in there or combined or separate, whatever, yeah. do it. Please. Yeah, we'd love to have yeah. that. Cool. Totally. Especially since, I mean, with stuff you're doing, Patrick, that seems like, you know, very good alignment on 100%. Well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The strategy and planning man. So you, that's why I love them. Yeah. You, you <laughs> can, uh, you can drink in, uh, <laughs> Supervisor, you guys have your teamwork figured out, so you'll, uh, you'll do it well. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much. This has been fun and very uh, just great for our listeners. So, so thanks a lot. Thank you, guys. Really appreciate us. being here. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks.